<laughs> Redneck Lesbian here with her special guest, Brad Sunday, the co-host of Pitney and Amelia's Bitchin' Boutique. And y'all yes. have to check that out. Today we're <laughs> going to talk about costumes and dress up and all of the things that really are kind of meaningful for the, the gay and lesbian community, I think, as a whole. Um, uh, and and I'll, I'll start with my little story. When I was in, um, I think it was junior high, my little redneck school, and believe me, little, my, there were nine pe people in my class. My class. Oh my God. My, my grade. And so they had um, punk rock day, you know, and, you know, the idea was to make fun of those people. But so we uh, were said to, you know, dress up, come in, we'll have a contest. And I'm like, oh my God, I get to dress up as a punk rocker. And uh, so I did. And I, it, I was just fabulous. And I, I did, I tried to color my hair green, but you know, with food coloring, it didn't really work. Anyway, but I, I really went all out and I had so much fun. I thought, I wish I could do this every day. And of course, you know, it was only permitted on that day and my uh not just the school but my parents would have freaked out if I'd wanted to do that every day of course but that that see that's the thing right there is this permissibility thing uh -huh. um, the having the permission to express yourselves in ways that are not normally allowed by the society and and that really matters a lot to the gay experience in particular what do you have to say about that I, you know, it's interesting, and I was like, um, I was talking to my friend Steve about this topic, because we were going to do this, who is, I am 54, and he is 72, no, 73 now, so he grew up, or, you know, grew up, gay grew up, in the heyday of the Castro, yeah, in San Francisco, and, you know, it was a lot different then and what he was telling me what was going on then um is similar to like my journey and my experience with like dressing up as far as like gay identity um you know pre-stonewall there was a lot of drag and there was a lot of you know trans and you know trans hookers and stuff because that's what they had to do to survive you know but I think that that's different than what we're talking about. Yeah, it is different. Just to be clear, we're not talking about that. I'm acknowledging that that was a thing, but we're not talking about that. Right. You know, I just wanted to just put that out there. Um, you know, but like, especially, you know, with the hippies and stuff in the 70s, there was a lot of gender fuck going on. You know, there was, you know, they John Miller and the Coquettes, and, you know, the Andy Warhol people, even though, I mean, those can arguably said that they were either trans people or drag queens or whatever, but I think at the time, it was just gender fuck for art, right? And, you know, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, all that stuff, that started, what, the late 70s, but all that stuff, it was just, like, fucking with the norms of male and female to forge like this gay thing, right? 
and it sort of parallels me like I you know several years ago if you would have asked me I said well I used to do drag but I realized I've never done drag in my life I used to do gender fuck yeah because I wasn't trying to be a woman I wasn't trying to pass as a woman I wanted to be blatantly a man wearing tacky women's clothing and ugly makeup and stupid wigs because I thought it was fun and I thought it was funny and to me that was a way for me to express my queer identity I was going to say gender identity but you can't say that now whereas I might have said that before because now it means something different you know what I mean that I feel like okay this is a little controversial right but I'm just going to say I believe that gay men lesbians bisexuals I believe that our gender identity is a little bit different than a straight man or a straight woman. Equally different from a trans person, right? Yes. Um, I, I, I think that, I mean, if, you know, despite all the, the fetish for straight acting and all this stuff, there's more femininity in gay men than there are in straight men, and that's just how it is. Sure. And I think that is God's way of saying whatever you want to do is fine. Agree. Because I don't really think that souls have gender. You know what I mean? I think we're everything. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm just as comfortable wearing makeup as I am shopping in the men's aisle. And yeah. I do. <laughs> so. You know, and for me, it was just like it was just an expression of my queerness and an expression of like me accepting myself that I was like yeah I'm a gay man and I'm a, you know because everybody used to call me like faggot and sissy and skirt and it was like my ownership of it it was like yes I'm a faggot uh, look at this tacky fucking dress that I'm wearing and isn't it hilarious you know <laughs> And from what I was talking to about Steve in the 70s, that was a lot of the thing, too, because it was like a self-awareness and a self-empowerment thing and an ownership thing. But it was also a political statement of why the fuck does this even matter? It's an irreverence in part. Like, it's like, we don't care for your social norms. Fuck your social norms, right? I totally, totally. And it's like, I mean, we're not going to get into this now, but it's like, I, that's why I've been like so enamored with like the temple of Satan recently, because it's blasphemy for the sake of blasphemy, because there's nothing sacred about what they're being blasphemous to. It's just these norms and it's so fucking stupid. Indeed. And that was how I saw my gender fuck. And if you look at like the coquettes, you know, and the Sisters, the Perpetual Indulgence, the John Waters movies, all of that stuff is basically, you know, fuck you, society. We can do whatever the fuck we want and what's wrong with it. Amen. Amen. 
you know, and oh, I used to like, I would, because back then, thrift store shopping was so much better in the 80s than it is now. Because you had all this tacky fucking shit from the 50s, 60s, and 70s that people were getting rid of. And vintage wasn't a thing back then. So yeah, it you was, pay big money for that now. Oh, yeah, that shit was cheap. <laughs> and I had these fabulous, like, polyester dresses and lame pantsuits and jumpsuits. And my favorite thing, and I have a picture of it, and I will email it to you. Maybe you can insert it in a thing. My favorite thing in the world, this was a real garment that somebody wore. Like, I don't even want to say triple knit. I want to say quadruple knit polyester. It was turquoise, purple, shit brown, geometric pattern. I believe that. Mandarin collar, zipped up the back with, and it was a bodysuit that ended right at the crotch. (laughs) Some woman wore that and thought she looked really cute in it. I wore it because I would just put it on and I would break out in hysterical laughter in the mirror. So, of course, I would put on really ugly makeup and really ugly lipstick and go out. (laughs) I do need to see that picture. I will absolutely send it. I will send you several (laughs) pictures. I don't think I could wear something like that because my mother literally dressed me like that the 70s yeah. when I was a kid because she'd made my clo- a lot of my clothes and it was the cheapest fucking, I swear to God, it's like a quarter inch thick polyester. <laughs> oh yeah, oh and this was homemade. This was homemade. Oh, oh easy and to sew on for sure. wore this in real life and it was so hilarious. I just remember that I had this, I knew that I was ready to go out when I looked in the mirror and couldn't stop laughing. And I am not joking. You know, you know, that's kind of a related thing for me. So that that sense of humor um, with, along with the fuck you society attitude, um, you know, fuck your norms is so important because it, it's really missing in uh, particularly but not not strictly straight white you know straight men yeah you know, they don't have much of a sense of humor around norms or things like that you know they're so uh tight you know about you know can't have anybody thinking they're gay you know that kind of thing um and so they don't have a sense of humor about that and they they're missing out. I think that's part of toxic masculinity. And again, why I think that's so bad for men, but. uh. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like one of my closest friends is this man named Darren. He is the gentlest, Mm -hmm. sweetest, most open straight man you will ever find in the whole world. Totally supportive, totally pro-gay. He has three kids. They've had conversations about gay, about trans, about whatever. You know, and he's like, whatever you want to do, fine, whatever. We used to go out, and because I'm me, everybody thought we were a couple. He never cared. 
Right. He would go to the gay bars with me and I would make, he would never ever dance, but he would dance with me at the gay bars. Oh. Did not care that people thought that we were a couple. But the funny thing is, costume parties, parties, you try to put a wig on him. You try to put like a girly shirt on him. Oh, fuck no. He is like, I am not putting that on. Get that away from me. It's really funny. And it doesn't even make, and I was like, oh, just for me. Oh, no. Oh, no, not just for me. Hmm. Normally that works. I can say anything to him just for me and anything. But not that. Wigs, makeup, shirts. Oh, no. Hmm. Just wasn't him, I guess. And it's interesting, though, but no, there's a level of discomfort there that's just like, oh, hell no. Yeah. I mean, that's what the socialization does to people. You know, it really, there is that discomfort. It's why it took so long for women to um, be able to wear pants in public. Yeah. Uh, which is, sounds stupid now, but it was a thing uh, once upon a time. Oh, I know, because it was scandalous up until, was it the 70s? Was it as early as the yeah. 60s or was it the 70s where pants were acceptable for women in the workplace? I don't think until the 70s. And, and yeah, it probably depended like, on where you were in the country. Um, you know, in the South, there's still a uniform, yeah. <laughs> you know, for women that you know heavy makeup lots of hairspray and you know pantyhose <laughs> yeah because i remember you know in my my thrift store adventures finding like fabulous polyester women's pantsuits that were obviously from the 60s yeah but that was pretty radical that was like radical club wear that wasn't like it was bra burning your mama right would wear it that was like <laughs> the scandalous people went out to get drunk and do acid you know <laughs> my people yeah Which is, that's what i did when i wore that shit i went out and got drunk and did acid and had sex you know <laughs> i know <laughs> oh man oh the good old days anyway but but yeah, no, thing. it's really, it's, that, it's interesting. In fact, I was talking um, to Amelia, my cohort on the podcast, doesn't like to share her name. I don't care about sharing mine. I'll be, well, you know that. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what, you know, us doing this. And it, so we started talking about drag now and RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. And all of that. And it's strange. And I feel like, and it, this is confusing for what we were talking about earlier. Right. I feel like there's so much emphasis on in Drag Race for it to be real, like, can you pass? Is it real? There is a lot of camp in there. Some of the queens are just flat out camp. Right. And some of the queens are just flat out trying to be real. And I feel like there's a big blur now in drag of 
gay drag and trans. Whereas they used to be totally separate things. And I think that's a growing pain. And I think that it's like, I know I don't go out to the bars anymore. I'm too old. I have no idea what the scene is like now with this new drag thing. But I know in the 90s and the early 2000s where I was going out a lot, genderfuck flat out didn't happen anymore unless it was like performance art, right? Yeah. And drag queens were just trying to be more real. And the few drag queens that were doing genderfuck, the gay boys didn't like them because they were tranny. And the drag queens didn't like them because they weren't real. Interesting. This was then, and this was my observation. Sure. I'm going to have 10 people telling me I'm wrong and 10 people telling me, oh, yeah, right on. So, you know, this is just my opinion, my observation. Well, every person is different, right? How they approach this. So, of course, their, their viewpoint is highly subjective yeah. on that. But that is... That is you know, you, 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 not every drag queen is a transgender person. And no, absolutely not. So, I mean, there's room for both. And oh, yeah, so, but I feel like there's a blurring now. And I feel like mm -hmm. I think maybe it's post AIDS. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because all of those people died that it's a new generation with different attitudes where gender fuck and that need for a gay identity wasn't quite as there after. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, that's just, you know, my observation. And I feel like I remember like all of like, you know, the it boys hated the drag queens. Whereas I know Steve was telling me in the 70s, everybody loved the drag queens. Everybody loved the genderfuck people. It was like a community and everybody was together as this new experience of costume and dress and expression to find this identity. And I think AIDS fucked that up and it splintered like the straight actings with the drag queens, and then there's like the, the Nellies in the middle that nobody wants to associate with. There's some other be, factors that happened along the way. the gender fuck people, but they're afraid to because the straight acting crowd hates them and the drag queens don't like them because all drag queens are all trying to fuck the straight actings. Well, so there's things. like the Nellies like me in the middle who would be doing all this stuff but it's gone. And then in that same period of time, we so not only did we have AIDS, we had, um, it was slow, but we had some changing attitudes. And we also had this kind of co-optization, this commercialization of what you're talking about. Because in the 80s, we had the music videos and we had Boy George and we had Prince and we had- Annie Lennox. 
all of those people who were gray stones and and i'm not knocking any of them but i oh, love no, them it's great love them but they they made it more yes acceptable but also ultimately more commercial to have those looks and i think that anytime a an underground culture um sees their culture kind of commercialized they kind of tend to want to go well fuck that let's go do something else yeah you know so i think that might be part of it and as as things have become a little more acceptable over time depending on who you're talking about certainly not in redneck country but you know um it, it has changed some things and even rupaul has changed I mean, oh, talk yeah. about talk about somebody who could pass as a woman. Uh, she was impressive, but I have not seen her in Dragon years. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe she's just over it. You know, I don't know. That's a lot. Because it's a lot of fucking work to do shit, you know. <laughs> totally. Well, and she's allowed to change. Uh, everybody's allowed to change. But, yeah, it, it has changed a lot. And I feel like, and I mean, I mean, I know that there's a lot of drag queens that are just drag queens. They identify as gay men and they use this as like, but I think what I used it for, and I want to say, I was just going to say something very pretentious and I don't mean it in this pretentious way because it's not even accurate, but the only accurate way that I could say it, I did it as a political statement. But it wasn't necessarily a political statement. It was a personal fuck you to all of my tormentors. This is who I am and this is what I'm going to do and I know I look ridiculous and it's really fucking funny and great and shut the fuck up. That's and how I did it. And it's empowering to do that. Yeah. I think that is really a, an important piece. I think that's still there um, uh, as part of the whole spectrum, if you will, of, of um, costume and dress um gender play i mean just well that's commercialized too i was thinking of cosplay you know you've got even even straight people can do you know some costume stuff you know got your larpers got your cosplayers at conventions and things like that and i love those people those are my people too um but oh, i grew up in science fiction fandom and i was uh, a cosplayer absolutely Totally, and I've raised two cosplayers. They're yeah. totally into it. I, you know, V costumes, Doctor Who costumes, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica. I did the gambit of, this all says my age, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm right Actually, with you. it's weird. Like, Doctor Who, Star Wars, it, that's all popular now, but I'm talking, like, the old... <laughs> The old ones, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a meme that showed a line to of kids to the first Star Wars movie and said, this was your grandparents. And, I, and I'm like, no, that was me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> you know, but you know, but it's funny, though, because I remember when I was going, I used to go to anime cons a lot in the 90s. Yeah. And there was always, 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 always um, the inappropriate fanboy dressed as Sailor Moon. <laughs> it was always a straight guy. And everybody always laughed at him. And it somehow became this 
thing that would just happen at these cons. Um, and it was treated as a joke and to make people laugh and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's actually served a, inadvertently a higher purpose that it made people a little more comfortable with gender play and that it's okay, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, it was like talking, me and Amelia were talking, we were recording right before this and we were sort of talking about what, what we were gonna talk about, right? And I was thinking, of, okay, this is gonna say how old and how completely not on social media and how out of the loop I am. I literally did not know who Harry Styles was until I saw a record of his at Target. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Um, and then I saw this article a few weeks ago about him wearing a dress on the cover of, was it Vogue? Something like that, yeah. Whatever. So we were talking about that. And so I clicked on that article and I had read this interview with him and this article about him. And they had all these pictures of him from now back to when he was like in a boy band. Yes. Him wearing skirts and dresses and women's clothes, just constantly women's clothes, but also men's clothes. And he was like, I, this is, I wear what I like and what the fuck does it matter? Thank you. And he wasn't like even making the statement because he refuses to answer questions if he's gay, straight, or bi. I personally think he's probably straight. I don't know. Right. Um, but he refuses to answer his questions about that because like, why the fuck does that even matter? Yeah. And, and I think that's it. pretty awesome. And look at um, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. Right. With his skirts and his dresses. And he's hot as fuck, by the way. Even though it's like, you know, <laughs> way too young for me. But anyhow, I think that's really cool. And it's like, it's not tacky and outrageous of what I used to do in the 80s and what people used to do in the 70s. But maybe that's the gentler version of it to make people become more that that's okay, you know? It is becoming more socially acceptable. Um, and I think that particularly for straight people, depending on, you know, where they're coming from, you know, some, so a lot of them still need the permission, right? To, to do the weird thing, like the permission of a con or the permission of Halloween uh, to, 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 um, put their toe in the water of yeah. expressing who they, who they feel inside, you know? And uh, it really matters a lot, I think, that people can have the outlet um, to do that. And people who have it give themselves permission basically daily, like Harry Styles, to do that, that is just the best right there. And yet there's so many people who are still trapped in what I consider the suit. You know, this is what yeah. a boy wears. This is what a girl wears, that kind of thing. You know, and I mean, granted, like Harry Styles, Jaden Smith, 
they're very privileged. Oh, yeah. They're rich. They're in these bubbles. No one's going to fuck with them. Like, you know, they couldn't be like, Harry Styles couldn't be his age at UT Austin walking around like that and not get his ass kicked. Right. Yeah. So there, there is some privilege <laughs> in that, that they have the freedom to do it. But the fact that social media and everything, it's so out there, I think it's going to broaden the acceptance of that sort of thing. So that's a rare instance where I think social media and privilege might be a positive. You know? Well, sure, sure. You know, I took my daughter, she's a big Ariana Grande fan. I'm. Uh -huh. I, I can respect that. It's not someone I'm going to choose to listen to, but I took her to a concert a, a few years ago for her birthday. She'd come to town and uh, it was one of those big deal things at the big, you know, thing in Portland. And, um, and there were a lot of uh, gay people in line. You can tell, you know, the, the, she has her fans. And then there were these. Oh, I'm sure people. like every gay Every gay boy teenager was probably you bet. there. You bet they were. There were so many well, of sure us, and they were just they were uh, yeah. they were dressed to the nines, and they were ready to party. And yeah. then there were these asshole Christians, some kind of you know proud boy wannabe group over there with the megaphone telling everybody they were going to hell. And I'm like, God damn! Even in every concert, what the fuck? I know, and I'm thinking. Ariana like, I mean, Grande has like got to be like the most gums, benign. Sterilized, can you get the that? You know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, like I say, she is so benign. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I'm trying to think who, who, you know, maybe if you know, dead or alive, we're still performing, maybe. But you know, what the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, that's I know, something. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> but, Oh, you know, is it dead or alive? Oh my God, I remember that. Oh, that tragic queen. <laughs> oh, I know. And he died, actually. Pete years. Burns. Pete Burns. That was yes. his name. <laughs> you know, it was so, so funny when you were talking about Boy George. I remember there was this group of girls at my high school, and they were like the mean girls. They were like the popular girls, and they were just a bunch of cunts, you know. They would call me faggot. They would be mean to people. Oh, but they loved Boy George. And if you suggested that he was gay, they would yell at you. He's not gay. Well, in one of my podunk redneck schools, I knew this gal. She was a Jehovah's Witness on top of it all. And she was absolutely convinced, like, like a lot of teenage girls are, that if they had the opportunity to fly to England and meet George Michael, she would he would fall in love with her and marry her, right? And I'm like, um, um. <laughs> oh, honey, the second I saw him, him, I knew, yeah. <laughs> now, this was before he was, you know, out and everything, but but still, I mean, You hello. can still know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that, but that's the thing. Uh, uh, rednecks have no gaydar. They do. Uh, not, so not really. I know, but boy, George, oh, my God. And I'm sorry, I said the C word. Do you want me to restate that line so you can cut it out? No, I don't. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> uh, I know those girls, though. 
they they are <laughs> oh my god but the other it's just, it's just so crazy but but i almost feel like you know with the the the, the the popularity of cosplay now in general. Yeah. I think it's really good. It has nothing to do with the gay community, but I think it's good for the gay community because it's put getting people outside of their bubbles and accepting other. Yes. Yes. You know, and although part of me Part of me misses, like, the time where we needed gender fuck and we needed men in nun habits covered in glitter on roller skates screaming down the street. Some of us still need that. Yeah. I mean, God, honey, I will always need it. You know? oh, I will always <laughs> love that. It's like it, I, I kind of miss the days where we needed that. I don't want to... Well, I kind of miss being the other. I I don't think it's really gone. <laughs> look, oh hell no! But you know what I think. Well, I do, but but little Nas X. Oh so, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So he's he's young, and he is pissing off even. Yeah. Oh my God, he is in the most homophobic genre music that you could possibly be in oh yeah oh yeah and i love you <laughs> and uh, yeah, I yeah that's, that's kind of glorious and isn't he a satanist as well he may be if i'm not mistaken i thought i read something about that so yeah he's pushing it all from i mean and i could be wrong well you know to me satanists are just the humanists but he's pushing it all from <laughs> every angle and i think that's glorious you know you go you go absolutely i mean granted i still you know i couldn't cover my beard in glitter and put on ugly 60s women's clothes and not be harassed in san jose now hmm. but i also couldn't go to the gay bar with people looking being like what do you think this is 1982 you know what i mean it's, yeah <laughs> I kind of oh, miss that. They're kind of co-opted themselves, you know. <laughs> I guess they you know kinda... because it was it was like a it was like a coming out adventure to do that just for the freedom of doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. it was almost like an expression of what everybody thought I was anyway. But I was owning it and loving it and laughing at it. Not that I was laughing at myself, but I would, you know what I mean? Appreciating it. Right. You were taking the, the power of it. I was taking ownership of it. And I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because I almost think it's sad that all that stuff is gone. Other than, I mean, it still exists, like I said, in performance arts. Yeah. But it's not part of the identity that it used to be. And I, I miss that. I think that kids are trying to... I mean, progress is all fine and dandy, but sometimes maybe it's not so good, you know? I think it's still there. I think it's just trying to find different ways of expressing itself. But when, <clears throat> when my son Harry was in, I think it was second grade, he wanted to wear nail polish. And so I painted his nails 
black, I think. I can't remember. Uh -huh. And um, he went to school and, you know, some of the boys kind of, you know, were asking questions about it and was like kind of making yeah. comments. And eventually, you know, you know, he's he stopped after a while, but he did kind of at least um, he did kind of defend himself, defend his choice. And, you know, for a while, he, I colored his hair crazy colors, and he'd go to school, and he didn't I think I remember seeing, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, the struggle is still there. And that's weird, though, because, like, black nail polish, that is, like... It's so goth. It's so goth, and it's so, I mean, you can go, it's, like, goth, it's... Before goth, it was like Kiss or ACDC, and then after that, it was My Chemical Romance. And I mean, it's like black nail polish on guys is like it goes together like ketchup and fries. Black nail polish on men is just black polish on women is stupid. Black polish on men is it's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe that, but I'm just saying you know what I mean. Exactly. Oh, and it's like. You know, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's taken a while for men to get, you know, have pierced ears. But when I pierced, uh, had Harry's ears pierced at his request, um, you know, he's there. There's always a few who have to make a comment because he's right now he's got these bright pink stones in, and he that's because that's what he likes. And Fabulous. Yeah, he, and it is. And at at this point, everybody's used to that. But when he first yeah. wore it, people were like you know now is he like queer identified or no he is, is there near, just no even talk about that as near as i can tell he's straight mm -hmm. but uh you know and I that's fine him. that's great yeah that's great and that he's being free and doing his shit i think that's great he definitely marches to his own drummer and i applaud that so actually so does you know i gotta say i don't know do you know who the cockettes are i keep talking about them um i can imagine i don't know but i okay they were a hippie performance group in the late 60s early 70s based out of san francisco mostly gay um they were kind of drag queens but they were like glitter gender fuck drag queens there was you know straight women there was bi men it was mostly gay cool. but i they have this fabulous documentary about them and one of the original members of the coquettes i think he i think he's dead now i'm not anyway i mean most of them are dead because of drug overdoses unfortunately but yeah. um but one of the main members of the coquettes and he was like glitter, dresses, nail polish, pink hair. I mean, we're talking 1971, you know, totally straight. Fabulous. Totally fucking straight. He was just, had this affinity for people and this affinity for the stupidity of definition in society. And he just did this. This is a fuck you 100% straight. So when you said that, you know, he's wearing these pink earrings, but he's straight, I'm like, good on him because why not? Of course, that that need that should be a thing, you know? Yes. 
Absolutely. You know? Okay, so I have a question for you. Viola? What do you think? I was talking about this with Amelia. Hmm. I have never in my life thought about this literally before an hour ago or 90 minutes ago. I think they should have a mandatory four or five times a school year, mandatory cross-dressing. Just because you know it first, all the boys would make fun of the other boys. Oh, ho, ho, my God, look at oh, ho, ho. And they would totally make fun of one another. But I think after the third or fourth time, I think everybody would be into it. And they would just be picking stuff that they liked, knowing that it was cross-dressing. But I think it would make people more comfortable outside of these roles. I wouldn't make it mandatory because you're just asking for a fight. Oh, I'm just saying I can imagine all the pissed off all Yeah, yeah. But I, I know it couldn't be, but I'm just saying in a fantasy world, wouldn't that be really kind of great and helpful and useful? But you could do it in the spirit of the punk rock day. Yeah, and it wouldn't make anybody gay or straight. It would just be like, why can't? we all just do this because this this sort of identity is so false and so stupid well and, you know? and it's fun and if you if you say okay so tomorrow is um cross-dress day at school kids um if you want you know cross-dress then we'll see you know maybe offer uh you can you know have a contest you know or something like yeah. that but just you know make it an optional but make it fun and and yes, you're going to get the crappy comments, but if you do make a, uh, a tradition out of it, then it might become uh, a little more normalized, I guess. Again, don't you think that would be a, I mean, that, I mean, I know that would never happen, but it's just sort of, it was an idea that I had, and I thought it would be an interesting sort of thing, and I think it would make kids more because kids are still mean. They're awful. Well, yes. <laughs> no question. Particularly in middle school. So maybe in high school, it might be um, easier. I don't know. You know, but I think that would be really, really cool. And then I think that any kid, any kids that bullied the other kids for doing that, they have to force sensitivity classes. And then if the parents don't like it, jail. <laughs> oh, you know. In a perfect world. You're right, in a perfect world. Because, um, you know, the bullying still happens. And I've always said that bullying happens because people allow it to happen. And it still goes on. And nothing gets done about it even still. So. Um, oh, fuck yeah. I've told you my horror story with the. The headmistress, Gail Harrell, at the school that I used to buy, my high school. Did I ever tell you about that story? I don't think so. Oh, so, so. There was this kid that used to, I mean, just endlessly harass me, right? 
you know, faggot, 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 blah, 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 push me up against lockers. I, you know, you know, whatever, they threw me in the pool one time. Um, and then, but what, what really got me is I had this friend named Jennifer. She was a really sweet girl. She was shy. She was a geek, science fiction geek. They were, of course, they were mean to her because she, you know, because she wasn't a fucking cheerleader, right? So this asshole that used to torment me all the time was mean to Jennifer and made her cry. And that set me the fuck off. And I remember before music class, I went and I grabbed this little shrimp by the neck and I slapped him on the side of the head and I told him, if you ever fucked with my friend Jennifer or me again, I was going to kick his ass. And that was the, you know, oh my God, I remember his face. He was like beat red because he was so upset and so terrified. I thought I did a great fucking thing, right? You did. So then the music teacher, who was a big fucking lesbian, by the way, said wow. this really fucking pissed me off because everybody knew she was a dyke and she knew she was a dyke. But it was the 80s. She sent me to the office because, you know, blah, 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 even though I explained to her and she knew what was going on, right? So this bitch, Gail Harrell, the headmistress, by this point, I was in her office crying, like literally crying, like bawling my eyes out. Oh, I'm so sick of it. They make fun of me all the time. They throw me up against lockers. They call me a faggot. They made Jennifer cry. They're so mean, blah, 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 blah. And I remember I literally said, I just want to fucking die and nobody cares. Do you know what her reaction was? To write me up and call my mother because I said the word fuck. I wish I were surprised by this story. <laughs> so what you just said, yeah, people that work in schools, they don't give a fuck. They don't. They really don't. And this conservative Catholic fucking twat and I remember, <laughs> I love that word because it's so offensive and so not used. You're correct. <laughs> but I remember we had a reunion, which I've never gone to any of my reunions. And this bitch has a nerve to send out letters to all of us because my whole, my whole graduating class was like 30 people, right? So this bitch, Gail Harrell, sent out letters to all of us. Oh, I have such fond memories of the class of 85. And I'm so looking forward to seeing you all and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know. It's like really, really weird. But just sent out this letter and I wrote her back. And I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I surely remember the misfortune of knowing you. <laughs> And I told her that whole story, and I said, you know, I hope your false god puts you in your false Catholic hell because you're a cunt. And I literally wrote that to her. And I said, I said, sincerely, with no love and no regard, 
Brad Sunday, class of 85, and I sent it to her. Maybe that was awful with me, but it felt good. <laughs> I think we've all fantasized about telling the sociopathic tormentors of our youth off. I did it. Yes. Good for Maybe you. it's bad of me, but I don't think so. You know, if you have no regrets, then then I have, you know, no issue with it, frankly. You know, because Oshi was awful. Yeah, there are a lot of awful people. And I couldn't there. have been the only one that she was awful to, you know. You know, being a mean kid, um, remembering that, you know, because I, I was mean sometimes to some kids. And um, when Facebook came along, I would I would look for some of these kids and write them. Um, I don't know if they even cared, but I'd write them um, on Facebook and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wow. a bitch. I'm sorry. Now, did you get any response? From one. From one. That, and I hope it was it good or was it healing? Was it healing or was it a fuck you? No, it was good. It was good. And, and mostly and mostly silence and that's okay you know because you're you're allowed to hold a grudge yeah you know you're allowed yeah. to be i you know i was is my my problem my fault so you're allowed to be pissed but i did try to make amends but yeah See, that's good and you know and it's funny because i like i'm in touch with i mean i know this is like i'm not gonna go way off topic it's just re related right because we're still on topic um Friends with my English teacher from high school, who was really friends with Gail Haral. <laughs> and I, you know, I was expressing to her this story and literally she was like, well, I'm not surprised because, you know, she was just a very poor example of an educator and she let down a lot of people. And by the way, everybody thought she was a lesbian. <laughs> I see. That's right. So maybe she was in the closet because she was working for a Catholic school. I don't know what the fuck her problem was. That's possible. But now. <laughs> you know, but screw her. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, people who are repressed tend to be kind of the worst, don't they? They take it out on everybody. Well, listen. You know. It's been close to an hour, so I want to say thank you. Oh, okay. oh I'm having so much fun. <laughs> and uh, I will, um, until next time, y'all, um, this has been Brad Sunday. Check out this <laughs> podcast with Amelia called A Pitney in Amelia's Bitchin' Boutique. And, yes. Um, until next time. Goodbye.